Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 73, for the week of Wednesday, 17th July, 2013. I'm John, and with me tonight are... Ben and Justin. This episode is being brought to you by the fantastic Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is Hasbro's 2009 release of the Star Wars AT-AT, and our discussion topic is the decline of the summer movie action figure line. afternoon good evening gentlemen how are you all doing tonight doing very well thank you good thank you john you guys all survived the week um justin what have you been up to since last time we heard from you it's been a couple of weeks but uh i've been doing some work around the house that may see me take the mantle from westy <laughs> i have uh or adam i should say sorry <laughs> we have uh extended the deck in the backyard and in the process of building a barley hut Oh, cool. So, yeah, um, we've been uh, doing that all week, and the logs themselves that are coming in, the main supports, are over 200 kilos each. Holy dooly. And wow. there's two of us <laughs> putting them into these holes. So we got the we got three, and the last one was off slightly, so we had to deadlift, you know, 200-plus kilos between us, and it, it wasn't fun. Nice. No, no one was happy. <laughs> no. no. What kind of hut are you building? A a Balinese-inspired one. What I can do is uh, uh, link some photos up and with a better explanation. It's just sort of like a, how would you describe it? Just like a normal sort of gazebo but with a thatched uh, roof area. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So doing that. Cool. And Fair. I've gone, gone back to school to um, study for a diploma. So Sensei. that's what I've been up to in the last three weeks, yes. Nursing? No, <laughs> animal husbandry. <laughs> no, uh, occupy, uh, occupational health and safety. So very good. Just doing mm. the last bits of uh, certificate four, and then on to the diploma. So good on you. Uh, busy three weeks. I was going to say, have you been <laughs> bored or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I finally. <laughs> I thought at thirty-eight years old, maybe it's time to get a real job and uh, <laughs> contribute to society a bit more. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. It's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'll give it a try. <laughs> well, Ben, what have you been doing here in the last couple of weeks? Certainly can't match anything like that. I guess it's just a pleasure having you guys back on the show. Admittedly, you know, it had to be an episode where Scott wasn't on to get you both back here. So uh, it's an honor to be <laughs> doing the show with you both tonight. I appreciate oh, thank that. Thank you, Ben. That's nice. <laughs> Me. Me and Scott are in couples counselling now. You know, so. <laughs> no, pretty um, pretty quiet week for me. I uh, I went and saw Pacific Rim and I absolutely loved it. Now, see, I actually wandered out and I went to the movies for the first time in a long time, and, and went and saw it too. So, yeah, no, it was really good. It's, it's um, just trying to think the last film that made me sort of run out of the theatre and want to buy toys 
based on a film. Like, it was just that much fun. But I guess, you know, we could just coincidentally talk about that later. Yeah. Now, now you had a complaint about the accents, I know. Oh, man, they're awful. Awful. Are they? Um, well, I mean, for those people that don't know, the Pacific Rim, you know, the giant monsters come out of the ocean, attack the world, uh, the Earth collaborates and, and you know, all the governments get together and form this Jaeger program where they create these giant mechs and, and they're piloted by, by two pilots who are linked together and there's an Australian Jaeger and it's piloted by this father and son team and for some strange reason they decided to get uh, an American to play the father and a, a British guy to play the son and they've just got the two worst... The accents were actually so bad that people were chuckling in, in the cinema when I saw it. And <laughs> at one stage, one of them says something... And it's one of those really bad kind of... Um, I mean, you'd know, Justin, that, like Broken Hill accent. It's like, you know, we've, mm. we've really got to try hard, mate, kind of <laughs> accent. And then my friend just happened, as soon as one of the actors said that, my friend just went, crikey. And it was, it, it was, it's like, um, an American trying to do Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. It was just dreadful. And I uh, see, I, see, I'm telling you, that's, that's the only Australian accent we know over here. <laughs> well, I guess it works it, then. <laughs> it really is. It, you so know, was, um, uh, yeah, it, it was, the, the accents were pretty ordinary to the point where they would, they distracted me every time they were on because their accents were so bad, but, I mean, the film is just great fun. It really is the the ultimate popcorn film. It's almost like a um, a ride, you know, a simulator yep. ride. That's how I felt, you know, because yep. it doesn't really let up at any point. It's just kind of you're dropped into it and yeah. it goes. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. And what about yourself, John? Well, I went to the movies, but uh, last week I was off. As you guys know, it was actually our holiday over here. We um, Indeed. Had our Fourth of July, our Independence Day. Um, if you guys are familiar with that movie, I'm sure you are. <laughs> and I, I went down to my parents. We drove down to Kentucky, and um, I helped my dad put in windows for two days in his in his screen room. Right, so right. We wow. put in mm. eleven windows in two and a half oh. days. Uh, it's good to see you had a nice holiday then. You know, I thought I thought he was buying windows that were going to fit the openings where his screens were, but no, he bought like standard size windows, so every piece of wood had to be cut out and rearranged. And <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> it turned out okay, but and so it was a lot of work. He's building a screen room, not a not a Balinese hut. Well, yeah, he had he had a screen room, but he's making probably what we would call a three seasons room, where it'll have like oh, windows yeah, and yeah. you know, yeah, kind of like basically. our, our sunroom. Yeah, be like a sunroom. Yeah, well, very good. Enough about that stuff. Let's uh, move on to some articulated news, shall we? Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite, or the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle? Activate Ram! New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection, vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. 
Well, before we get to our main events, we like to start every episode with a little bit of news. Our articulated news is where we talk about the latest events and announcements and everything going on in the toy and collectible world. You know, we're not going to talk about everything, just the things that we kind of saw and said, ooh, that's kind of cool, or <laughs> ooh, that's not so cool. So um, <laughs> first, first up this week is Justin. So Justin, tell us what you got. Okay, so as uh, we get closer to San Diego, we get dribs and drabs, and the first little product I'm going to talk about is the Masters of the Universe Classics Mini He-Man and Skeletor figures. Uh, these have been teased for a, well, a couple of months, actually. Uh, now, with these, we get a, they come in a, a box, which is uh, the front of Castle Grayskull. They open and the two figures are inside. They, they're very reminiscent of the Action Hero line from DC. They have the same sort of uh, extremities. And they are also, um, have, these guys have been seen on the, on the game, on the, you can get it on um, the iPhone and Android as well, I believe. And they're actually, they're quite cute looking. I think one of the selling things for these is that, or, well, this is what Mattel says anyway, that we can see He-Man hold his shield in an appropriate uh, stance. <laughs> so they're really drumming that up for, for some sort of reason. Sold! I don't know if, yeah, sold, that's it. That's all you had to do. <laughs> <laughs> they are cute, but in a deformed sort of way that these figures come out, these sort of vinyl um, deformed figures, there's no other way to explain them. Yeah. They're cute. The, the box is cute, and you can tell they're probably appropriate for a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. I think they're fun. Yeah. I just wonder whether this is something yeah. that they'll make an effort to continue because it'd be a bit of a bummer if this was, you know, they were the only ones you had on your shelf and you never had the opportunity to expand the line. Yes, and it's going to be hard to predict, isn't it, with uh, Mattel? I don't know. One way or the other, what's going on? Mm. I'm, I'm looking at you, Hasbro, with your mini mugs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm sure they're quaking in their boots now. <laughs> well, it's been shown that this show has a, a direct effect on you know, the, 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 the you know, product that these companies are producing. Okay, maybe. Yes, yeah, true. We can hope. Well... I guess they put a lot of effort into this one, so if there isn't any re-release, at least we got these two in, in that packaging. Yeah. harkens back to the first release of when uh, they just released the first figure, which is a spirit of uh, King Grayskull from memory, and they kicked off the Master of the Universe Classics line with him. And this is a sort of, uh, what would you say, homage to that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's nice. I don't know if I'll be bothered, but it's actually nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Moving on, there's some uh, Minimate news. Uh, there's two separate box releases. First one is the Thunderbolts uh, box set. In this, we get Punisher, Red Hulk, Deadpool, Elektra, and the changeout head or the exclusive, I think, is the uh, Thunderbolt Ross. So we get the General Ross as well. I believe that's a sort of right is there any reasoning behind the red skull now that's just on punisher that's just for the thunderbolts yeah i think team they're going with the whole red color scheme because venom has the red color scheme as well oh Oh, i thought that was pink to support breast cancer Mm. well (laughs) you you can be a mercenary with a conscience yes but you'd probably choose a more appropriate motif wouldn't you than a pink skull it's Sense of foreboding, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. 
And the second set is the Marvel Villains Zombie Pack. Uh, in that, we get Galactus, Magneto, Red Skull, and Green Goblin um, for the Marvel Zombie uh, epidemic that happened a few years ago. Wasn't I personally wasn't too much of a fan of this, but I can see in the mini-mate form these things look actually quite cute. You can see the Red Skull has limbs missing with bones poking out. <laughs> So, it's actually quite nice. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any variation to that red skull face to make him into a zombie, but uh, I think they cheated on that one. But otherwise, it's a cute little set. That's a good point, cheap ass. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't mind the Marvel zombies. I've read the first couple of series, and yeah, they're pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Are they slow moving in that, or um, it's kind of weird actually. It's it's almost like they're just exactly the same. They just want to eat people. Oh, fair enough. So, Felt like that the, some days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, gal- the Galactus base is kind of cool. Yeah, it's good to see there's a couple of little accessories in there, like the Goblin Glider. Mm. I mean, nice. the thing is, is if he's a standard mini-mate, he's way, way out of scale. <laughs> <laughs> good point. <laughs> or everyone else is really big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah they, the gob- they do go cosmic diggers. later on. In one of the subsequent series, they, ah. they basically go cosmic. So, mm. anyway. Hmm. Yeah, cool. It's a cool looking set that I'll never own. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, what else do you got there, Justin? I think that's about it, isn't it? Oh, I'm doing the other one? Yeah, you're done. I haven't even looked on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just a second as the hamsters are working their magic. <laughs> so yeah, Arnold should have kept you up to date. It's, uh, uh, so he's, he's, he's got to be in his last chance. He's off getting coffee. That's it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the uh, Toynami uh, Futurama Destructor Gender Bender box set. Um, I've noticed in the show notes that we don't have too many fans here tonight about it no, at all. But really uh, I guess me. a good thing with Toynami is that... Uh, they hardly ever release any product anyway that they <laughs> that they show aboard. Um, yeah, I guess I can see your uh, <laughs> your befuddlement and your bemusement on these things. Well, I mean, the it's, idea uh, destructor actually. Yeah, we 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 were getting some you know some good figures from the Futurama series, and then when Destructor you know came out, he was originally a San Diego Comic Con exclusive in 2011. Um, and fortunately, you know, he came out through other channels, so people um, were able to sort of add him to their collection. And so really just sort of rehashing two figures that people already have and then packaging them together and calling it an exclusive. Uh, mm. Not sure I kind of get that, so, you know, lame. So will they be, the Bender figure will be in the normal... Toyn Army scale, is that correct? Yeah, and yeah, Destructors, an oversized massive. figure. Yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah. limited production of 2,000 pieces, it says here. Yeah, but it's taking two figures that we already have, putting them in mm-hmm. uh, a box and slapping a SDCC sticker on it. Yeah. Weird. Hmm. No, I'm, st- I'm still waiting for, um, you know, Fluffy the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, but I think that's it from Arnold. He's giving me a nod in the distance. Thanks, mate. Uh, okay, <laughs> tell him he needs to bring us cookies. Um, moving on a little bit. <laughs> Looks like Gentle Giant has uh, made some announcements, and they are a Hobbit mini bust of Bilbo Baggins, and 
you know, I I wonder about that movie because I still haven't seen it. I know I should have, but I haven't. Jeez. And I haven't seen it either. Fairly out of the loop. <laughs> you know, when they were when they were making it, I was kind of excited. I was like, you know, this will be cool to see. But when it got time for it to get released, I was just like, eh. Especially when I found out it was three films, you know, I was like, I don't necessarily um, have the interest in this. And I really haven't had the interest in too much of the the merchandising either. So are you getting old? Well, I I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe cynical. I I don't know. He's got Sting in the bus though, so it looks cool. Yeah, it's nicely done. Like it's the the weathering and stuff on his clothes are fantastic. I mean, I don't know whether that's a Photoshop prototype, but certainly, you know, they've got a bit of a wash going over the jacket and the vest, and you know, it looks quite good. So. His face almost looks a little too clean there. Yeah. Like it needs some texture or something. Maybe he hasn't left Bag End yet. Yeah, maybe. I saw he moisturized as well. I yeah. saw the movie and I enjoyed it. You know, I just wish they'd kept it as one movie, because it really should have been. Yeah. But, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Uh, and I will try not to give any spoilers, and I really have to apologize. I believe it was Dark Guard that I, I surprised with the... Uh, oh, yes, the uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. And I, I, I'm sorry about that, Dark Guard, if you're listening. It, I, I apologize. On, on the throne of games, a eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I would have never expected Arya to turn into a giant dragon, but, you know... Um, <laughs> That doesn't really happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, we're going to talk about some Walking Dead because General Giant also has a governor statue. And um, I want to say something, but I'm not going to because I don't. Yeah, I can. No, I better not. Um, he's coming out of like the hex nut base that they've been using for their Walking Dead statues. He's got the uh, 80s padded vest on, it looks like, and he's he's got a machine gun. Now, the Steyr. Yeah, and I don't remember him ever using one of those. Yeah, yeah. No, he used the Steyr quite a bit. Did he? I mean, I can't say when, because yeah. you know, then that's just a spoiler alert. But, yeah, there's a couple scenes where he, he uses it. I thought the gun kind of looked a little under-detailed to me, but... Hmm. Maybe that's just me. I, I, I just really don't like the character. I don't. I don't like the way he was really done in the show. So this would be a, an easy pass for me. But looking at it, it's actually nicely done. I, mean, I, I think it's well sculpted. But again, I think the paint just looks too clean. The shirt's real glossy, and, and maybe this is a prototype too. Yeah, but I mean, even the detail in his watch on his left hand, I think, is um, is quite well done. So I don't know. If you're a Walking Dead fan, or you make Kirkman a couple hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But, um, you know, if you love the bad guys, that's a good one for you. Indeed. But moving from bad guys to good guys, uh, Hot Toys has showed off a preview of their G.I. Joe retaliation Joe Colton figure. And for those not familiar, Joe Colton is played by Bruce Willis. So this is a pretty dead-on likeness of Bruce Willis, and he's in the standard green army fatigues and I, I have to say he's pretty darn cool he does look good i'm not a hundred percent convinced on the eyes but they certainly got the smirk down on like that wry smile that he does mm. yeah there's there, there's no doubt i mean if you look at that figure you're, you're not going to mistake it for somebody else though even if the eyes are a little little squinty maybe 
Mm-hmm. And it's only times like this that you actually realise just how old Bruce is getting because, um, you know, he, he definitely couldn't pass for a, an early John McClane there, you know, for those people who wanted the, to kit bash. Yeah, that's that's a diehard four or five. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely. Or, or a looper. I saw that the other day. Oh, he is okay. getting on a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Yeah, but um, just, you know he's got the uh, the shaved head, so I'm pretty excited about that because you know I <laughs> I have that same condition myself. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a fantastic looking figure, and here you can see the machine gun that he has is really decked out in detail. It looks like spot on, isn't it? Yeah, I and you know what I love about this figure is he he really harkens back with that uniform to probably the first gi joe i had because the first one i had had the you know the green fatigues with the pockets on the chest and you know that's that's definitely parking right back to that for me so Mm -hmm. Um, one thing i actually wanted to mention about this piece is it's listed as uh, a hot toys 2013 toy fair uh, exclusive Um, and it's referred to a couple of times as 2013 toy fairs exclusive um, and that tends to get people very, very nervous because they're wondering if that means they can only get it at certain cons. Um, this is, the, I think, the third uh, Toy Fairs exclusive that Hot Toys have done, and to my knowledge, um, that's not actually the case because the 2012 Toy Fairs exclusive was actually the, um, the Shadow Predator, um, mm. their, their one six scale predator line and, and that figure is still available from sideshows so uh, I wouldn't get too nervous but keep an eye out and maybe check the sideshow website since um, they're one of the sort of uh, main distributors of hot toys in the US yeah well, I think you'll be able to get him I mean if you want him I'm sure you'll be able to find him yeah and there's no mention of price yet but I assume you know if he's a standard edition hot toys it's probably putting him into the, the 180 200 dollar mark Wow, I'd want one, but um, I just I can't I can't justify that price for something I don't normally collect for you know I don't normally collect twelve inch figures. You need to I, start somewhere. Well, I you know it was funny because <laughs> it was after an episode. Um, I realized I actually have two sideshow twelve inch figures, <laughs> and, cool. and I di- I didn't realize it before. I have two I have two of the Monty Python figures. That they put out. Ah, yes, that was very early sideshow. Yeah. yeah, I have um, Patsy, and um, I have the Black Knight. Yep. Black Knight would be a good toy of the week one of these weeks. I'll have yes. to remember that. Yeah, a friend of mine has all the uh, the Monty Python. Figures. Well, that's what I was kind of waiting on because they were going to re-release all the knights, and I was going to get them when they re-released them, and I just mm. never ended up doing it because they came out with a clean and they came out with a dirty version. Oh, yes. Kind of their post-battle version, and I never did get it. But anyway, I'm kind of just wandering all over the place here today. My my last bit of news <laughs> kind of kind of had me excited when I saw it early in the week, um, and then I was like, eh, I don't know about this. Uh, Hasbro didn't release this news. It was looks like an image that's going around online at a couple of different things. Um, I've seen it in a couple of different places. It's a Hall of Armor. Uh, box set has six figures in it for Iron Man three. Uh, probably not what we were expecting for a quote unquote Hall of Armor, but the one figure that's got people talking is there's actually a Tony Stark figure 
with him just in civilian clothes with a t-shirt with the arc reactor kind of showing through it mm-hmm. um other than that it's got a mark one a mark two a mark four five and the mark 42 um i'm guessing that everything except for maybe the 42 and the tony stark are repaints and i'm betting that tony stark is just some other figure with a, a head on it you know yeah, the, the arc reactor is probably uh, sure. just a paint on or a decal from something else. Yeah, yeah. And what's weird is that there's still some discussion because all we have basically is this picture, um, whether this was a 3.75-inch or a 6-inch set. Um, I've got to think that's a 3 and 3 quarter set. Oh, definitely. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks that way. Yeah. That just box would be giant if it was a 6-inch set. <laughs> Looking at that goof, goofy sort of buck they've used for Tony Stark and <laughs> almost looks like some sort of Ben 10 figure I, I'm guessing it's just a regular MU figure hmm. probably like a hmm. it might be Nick Fury you know underneath yeah well I suppose if you're a diehard collector it's something else to keep an eye out for well if you ever wanted a Tony Stark figure that'd be a good way to get it or you know that Mark 1 is a pretty cool figure and uh, if you didn't happen to get a chance to get that or yeah. you know you didn't start collecting until after one thing that's kind of weird about this set is they kind of put like a blue haze around all the mm. arc reactors yes and yeah except yep. for the 42 and it looks a little I don't know it kind of puts me off a little bit Okay. Well, if you're out there, keep an eye out for that. It, the the site that we were looking at this on says that it came from a Disney employee, so I kind of wonder if it's going to be a Disney store exclusive, possibly. Hmm. Yeah, hard, hard to say. And I mean, you know, given that Disney stores are so prevalent. Yeah. So, well, not anymore. They aren't. Mm, that's yeah. That was my <laughs> sarcasm. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent. But anyway. All right. We'll move on, and uh, Ben, tell us what you're, you're looking at this week. Yeah, something quite interesting this week uh, it was from Sideshow when they announced that their recent Storm premium format statue, that Storm from the X-Men, um, they did a premium format statue sculpted by Mark Newman. It was a beautiful statue. Scott and I reviewed it um, you know, some episodes ago. Came in her traditional black costume as seen in, in X-Men, Uncanny X-Men 94. Um, they're actually releasing a white costume edition, and um, yeah, it looks great. I mean, you know, it's it's not comic accurate because her white costume wasn't her black costume painted white. Um, no, you know, it's it's an interesting choice, but this this is actually you know annoys me. Um, I mean, this is unusual for Sideshow. It's it's very un um, Sideshow don't normally do this kind of thing and and re-release with changes, but what kind of peeves me about it this is a very high-end piece you're talking over three hundred dollars uh for this statue and then for those people who were really keen on a storm statue they went and bought it and then once it's been out there for six months or you know a couple of months or whatever it is they solicit this white costume version and that i just i don't understand how they win over the fans doing that because if you're a big fan of storm and you actually prefer the white costume you'd be sitting there going well thanks sideshow i spent you know 300 plus dollars on the black costume and then you bring out the white costume which is actually the one i'd prefer 
Um, I mean, if they're going to do things like this, I don't understand why they don't actually release them both at once and just let the fans, you know, choose the one they want to buy. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it, it's quite weird, is it? So I miss the pictures of the uh, normal costume. So this variant, is it the same head sculpt as well? It's, everything's identical. The only thing is it doesn't oh, okay. appear, it doesn't appear to come with the the swap out head one, the, the exclusive edition. So the 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 side sideshow exclusive edition had the second head where her hair is different and her eyes are, are white because she's powered up. So you still get the switch okay. out right hand, you just don't get the alternate head. Um, so, you know, that's that's one thing to say. But, I don't know, very, very odd choice. I just hope it's not something they do on a, a regular basis because, I mean, you can imagine the uproar if it was someone like Wolverine where they did costume one and then three months later did costume two and it was a more preferred costume. So, mm, hmm. sure. anyway, that's available now from Sideshow if you want to go and have a look. Um Anyway, in other news, something that was very exciting for me and quite keen is uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Aliens and Predator licenses, but in particular the... Really? Yeah, thanks, mate. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm surprised. Is this a new thing? <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, where are you? <laughs> um, but oh, that's just mean. <laughs> in particular, I've been enjoying the stuff that Necker have been doing, and... Uh, we're obviously going great guns with the Predator series, with Wave 10, um, out, you know, out, out and about. And so with the first wave of aliens under our belt, you've always got that little bit of hesitation that perhaps they didn't sell well enough to continue with uh, future uh, subsequent waves. But um, Necker announced on Twitter that they um, will be releasing Bishop. So the Lance Henriksen in their seven inch. So that means we, you know, that's one figure down for the next wave. And I think that's really exciting because once you sort of get, obviously you've got Ripley, um, which, you know, Ripley is apparently not going to happen because they don't have the Sigourney Weaver likeness rights. And, uh, from what I understand, they're, they're, it's too much of an effort to pursue them. So, you know, I guess after Hicks, the, the next most iconic character has got to be Bishop. And so getting Bishop in the line is going to be pretty exciting. And being a sort of a more of a collector line, you have to wonder what Necker will have planned, whether there's a, you know, a ripped in half variant or. I was just going to say that. <laughs> if you'd be able to get a battle damaged one. Yeah. Mm. That's all. The, the photos we're linked to is actually comments underneath. And it says top and bottom half sold separately, <laughs> which made me chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. I mean, who... do you think he'll come with a pocket knife for doing the, the hand thing? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, mm. the game. That'd um, be cool. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, this is pretty much a, a win. I think there's been plenty of rumours from NECA that we're going to get a, an alien queen. Um, and, I mean, if, if obviously NECA are pursuing those oversized figures because we've got Ed 209 in the Robocop series, so... You know, I'm really enjoying the, I guess, the effort that Neck is putting into some of these lines to really give fans, um, you know, all the bits and pieces. So, if if we get Bishop, um, another, you know, another alien, and then perhaps one of the other guys from um, the squad, such as um, Vasquez or Apone, that'd be very, very cool. So, yeah, so hats off to those guys. And um, in my last bit of news, something very, very exciting for me, something very, very exciting for Justin, and not mm. so exciting for John. <laughs> um, and that is we've finally got to see... Um, we've had rumours and, and a few very, very basic shots of Greedo from uh, Hasbro's new 6-inch Star Wars Black. 
uh, series and we've now got some full-on prototype shots of Greedo. Uh, he's one of the, the figures that will be in Wave 2. Um, and it's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm excited because he's a, an original trilogy character, uh, as much as I'm going to pick up Darth Maul and, and I'm looking forward to that figure. Um, you know, my love is obviously, you know, for that first trilogy, so I'm certainly in no um, hurry to get Jar Jar Binks or anyone like that. So you leave Jar Jar alone. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing Greedo in the line is actually pretty exciting. So The only thing I, is, um, his eye colour's a bit odd. I can see that. That just doesn't look... I, they're more black, aren't they? Yeah, they've got more of a, a glossy look, I'd say. So These look like metallic. They look like somebody put Christmas ornaments in his eye sockets. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do girl colours very well. Um, you know, I'm a red, blue, yellow kind of guy, but they've got kind of a, a lilac sort of thing. You know, I wonder if that's maybe lighting in the picture. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that might not be the finished thing. I, I think, basically, Greedo's eyes are effectively black, but I'd say the way the light reflects off them, you, you get that kind of, um, that purplish um, look, I Phew. guess. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, Rodians have different coloured eyes, and who knows. I, but... I think he would have been helped by a wash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see how they... Um, I'm sorry. Hmm. I, you know, that huh? might just be my my angst at the Star Wars black line. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that the overall figure could actually do it a bit more, a bit more of a wash. That costume is certainly, um, you know, that, that aqua colour. Yeah. Makes up his, his main shirt is, is very one-dimensional. So. It is. It's very pastel. All right, so there might actually be an additional wash just before um, it comes out. But anyway, I'm very excited. And I think that's it from me. Alrighty. Well... Unfortunately, that's it for all the news, so um, we'll wrap it up and then we'll move on to the next installment of Name That. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. And our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd, which, you know, <laughs> that that's me, um, if from over at TVandFilmToys.com, please go visit, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. Um, last week, we, we played a sound, and it was a commercial as always, or not as always, but, um, you know, it was a commercial, and we will have Boris put that sound in here so you all can hear it. And, uh, gentlemen, any guesses on this one? No. Uh, no. Sorry. I, I was, I'm kind of surprised that somebody didn't pick up on this one. This is an Inhumanoids commercial. Inhumanoids? Yeah. I, I'd completely forgotten they even existed until you mentioned them. Well, see, that's, wow. that's why we, that's why we do these things, just because. Are you telling me our good friend Eddie didn't get this one? Well, as of recording, he hasn't got this one. So, okay. you know, there's there's still a chance that he might get it before the episode comes out. But as of recording, he hasn't got it. Fair enough. Yeah. But I, I'm pulling for you, Eddie. 
I'm bored. <laughs> so anyway, we will move on to this week's sound because, you know, that's what we do here. And as always, if you have a guest, come on I'm over to the FB forum, afbforum.com, and uh, look for the name that thread and drop a guess in there. So insert the sound here. He's made it in the nick of time. Set the activator, place and you can send them to the rescue. We better do that one more time in case somebody didn't quite pick up on it the first time. He's made it in the nick of time. Set the activator, place and you can send them to the rescue. It's always, if you guys have a guess or, a, you know, just comment or you just want to hurl complaints at me, come on over to the forum and, and uh, do that. Uh, AFBforum.com or come over to TV and Film Toys and you, know, you can play the picture versions on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we will wrap up this and uh, come back and check out the Toy of the Week. Mutant Warriors, Rattaro, Soulsman, Prune the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchiman, Snowman, Tusca Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, da-da-da, Toy of the Week. In each episode, we kind of take turns and we look at one toy or collectible um, in detail. There might be new releases, but in this case, it's not quite a new release, but it's probably one of those pieces that uh, every Star Wars collector probably wants at least one of in their collection. And this one is kind of a centerpiece, probably, um, or a focus, depending on what your collection looks like. So this week, Justin is taking a look at a Hasbro Adept. So, Justin, take it away. Thank you, John. So, as John just mentioned, just going to review Hasbro's 2009 release of the All-Terrain Armor Transport, or AT-AT for short. I had a big lull in Star Wars collecting, and it sort of rekindled my, I wouldn't say action figure, but the vehicles that came out were so well done. We talked about the big Millennium Falcon before, and when the AT-AT came out, I knew I just had to have it. So in Australia, this hit in either 2009 or early 2010. Memory eludes me a little bit there. Of course, it's from Hasbro. Now, I'll get through specifics first and then sort of give it a breakdown by all the different compartments and features that it does have. So it is two foot tall in our metric system, it is 62 centimetres in height from ground to the top. Uh, the price, I believe I paid $149 for it to come out. Now, for me, that that's huge, but uh, I didn't have one as a kid, and I knew that I wasn't going to miss one out, miss out on one when they were released again. <laughs> um, the packaging details on these, it, it came in the blue banded box. So, as everyone knows, Star Wars, they changed their branding in the box type or the box color every few years and this came under the blue release so it sort of mixed in with that clone wars um, packaging as well at the same time i'll pull this magnificent beast onto my lap here <laughs> so what i will do it had the points of articulation you could probably safely say there's eight it has articulation in all the knees and obviously the connecting at the top of the legs to the base of the underside as well Okay, so I'll start at the head. Now, the head opens 
the cockpit opens at the top. You can fit two figures stand, uh, sorry, four figures standing and two sitting. It has a screen that lights up when you press a button, and on the screen is the generator shields from Empire Strikes Back. Also, on the side of the head as well has two missiles that fire. Underneath, there's a latch to operate the turrets underneath the chin. So once you grab the lever for it, you move it back and forth, and this happens. (laughs) And at the same time, the guns themselves, they light up as well. And we get random sounds like that as well. When it's in a standing phase, sometimes you'll hear that as well. <laughs> so if I press the inside button to the cockpit, Rebel forces in range. we get more deflectors and full power. We get things like Red that light. happening. <laughs> Red light. And it lights up on the inside of the cockpit as well. Now, as we go from the head to the main body area, it's joined by obviously a neck section. The neck is covered in a soft plastic, which may over time become brittle. It is that very thin plastic. But the reason they did this is because there's a handle just on top of the vehicle itself. And when you lift up the handle, it basically becomes a joystick where two more gun turrets pop up. And once you operate this handle, you can move the the head from either way you want, up, down, and side to side. So we get all the movements from the movie as well. The way the disjointed sort of way it moves is very similar to the model adats in the movie. So it's quite similar. <laughs> the way I don't know if that's done on purpose, but it's quite reminiscent of the way they moved in the movie as well. Moving on, we'll go to the main cargo area where there is not one, two, but three levels as well. On the box art and description, it says that it holds 20 figures all up. So I guess... 16 figures can stand in this section and there are different pegs for different areas as well. Internally, it's well sculpted again. There's little control panels and diodes. There's buttons on the inside that I won't press again that light off effects (laughs) and doing so, it lights up this area as well. Now, another main section of this cargo area uh, is that when you open it, there are two, uh, there are three grappling hook uh, sections so, or winches, I should say. So they two are manual that operate by a large dial, and you can winch them up again by just putting the dial in either direction. But the middle section has a platform that folds down and very reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back again when Luke attacks it. You can uh, grapple up. So that is battery-operated. So fantastic feature for that. Now, just putting him down, there's a secret section at the back that's operated by another button that pops open and a speeder bike comes out. So there's also a section for a speeder bike at the rear. Um, I was going to say there's more, There's more. obviously there's more uh, movie quotes and everything. So you press buttons on the top and you can hear Darth Vader comes along and quotes from the Clone Wars uh, series, I believe, as well. Um, now, with... With the uh, packaging, I'll just go back to that, that uh, once the legs are sort of popped in, he won't fit back in. So the legs are in, he won't fit back in. So you have to disassemble to get the at-at back in. The articulation for the, ne- for the legs and the knees are quite tight and there's, off- there's often a clicking noise. 
It can be heard. And just looking at the legs now, as I look down, the screws that hold it in place have become rusted over time. So I guess that's one. Yeah. So that's one thing that's happened. I don't know why. It takes up a lot of room, as John mentioned before, (laughs) so it is a centrepiece of the collection and doesn't actually fit on the shelves but has pride of place and a little bedside table thingamajig that sits next to the collection. So were you tempted uh, at any time, Justin, to go out and buy a, a whole stack of snow troopers to, to populate the troop bit? No, because I already had them. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bought them in anticipation of oh, nice. this arriving. Yeah, it also comes packaged with an at-at uh, driver as well. Yep. So uh, just that harkens back to the accessories. We get a speeder bike uh, paint in the white motif. And we also get an AT-AT driver as well. Uh, quite generous Hasbro in their later release for vehicles to include figures. I remember with the Millennium Falcon, we got Pan and Chewie as a pack-in as well. The, um, is the AT-AT driver any kind of sort of limited edition or is it just the sort of commercially available, same as the one that would come on a blister card? Yeah, I think he's a stock standard AT-AT driver. People may correct me because, I, like I said, I've been out of the loop for a long time with Star Wars uh, action figures, but... When I saw these, I made an exception to the rule being the Millennium Falcon and the AT-AT as well. Did you walk out of the store going, ha-ha, take that, Mom, screw you, Dad? <laughs> I did the thing. It was during the sales. That's why I had a memory as well of them having vast numbers of it and then going back, and there were two left. Mm. So mm. I just went, ooh, whooshka. I grabbed this, and I didn't see them again. I mean, once they came out to Australia, they were been and gone. I remember that yeah. the Falcons, there were plenty, and they came down in price a great deal, yeah. but the AT-ATs, for some reason, were really snapped up. In scale-wise as well, if they worked off the Millennium Falcon scale for this, it's quite in scale. Generally get an idea of uh, what Luke had to go through to uh, grapple up and <laughs> and attack the AT-AT scale-wise. Do you, do you have a snowspeeder? You can click kind of, will the snowspeeder fit between the legs, or is it still a little undersized for that even? It's a little undersized for that. The snowspeeder will fit, but on an angle. We'll <laughs> 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 make it fit like uh, Stan Lee did in that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> the exterior as well, I should have mentioned it. It's quite good in the detail itself. It has two-tone grey paint, so it looks like there's rust effects and the rest of it. But I think the only, that's the only sort of downfall. They could have went bit more on the paint apps for the outside but i'm i'm not going to deny them on such a great such a great vehicle and releases this to uh, mark them down any points on that and uh, having said all that i i do believe this is quite up there and i'm quite happy even though the mold was broken a few weeks ago which we shouldn't really talk about <laughs> I, i'll give this a solid nine out of ten no just going back to the thing that you know ten out of ten will will keep everyone honest and make them work harder. <laughs> but this is a, oh, most of us. Yeah, this is a, a very strong nine. I mean, it, it it makes you feel like a kid again, which, which is a good feeling. And I know Master Five loves playing with the Adat. It's his it's his favorite vehicle. You can't believe the guys that have been in this from from Smurfs to uh, <laughs> Superhero Squad. They've all had a chance of commandeering the Adat. You grin as you walk past as he's trying to squeeze Batman and and Hulk <laughs> into yeah. the main section. But uh, it is a great, great playset stroke vehicle. Outstanding. Yeah. 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 Very I, good job. I didn't want to press all buttons all, all the time because, it, it, like I said, even in the resting mode, after you've been playing with it for a while, you'll walk past and you'll hear sounds coming off, so... It's one of those mind of its own sort of things. Yeah, I've got the uh, big effects X-Wing, the one they had from Hasbro. 
the the large yes. size X-wing, and it does that too. You know, occasionally you hear sounds from it. Not anymore because I think the batteries finally died. But I, I know it was in a back room. Every once in a while, from the back room, you'd hear, you know, R two, power up the converters and <laughs> sound. And, so I should have mentioned this takes three three AAA batteries, which have been in there since two thousand and nine, and still going strong. So. Well, that's, that's good. That's pretty good too. That's not very many batteries yeah. for something that size either. So, alrighty then. Great job, Justin. And that'll wrap up Toy of the Week. When we come back, we're going to talk about the stuff that we got in Feeding the Addiction. Dressed this way, she's a Navy wave. But beneath that uniform, she is the Wonder Woman doll. And now you can create your own Wonder Woman adventures with these other dolls Major Steve Trevor, Nubia, Wonder Woman Super Foe. Gotcha, Major. Woman, Major Steve Trevor, and Nubia Doll sold. Se- well, we're all here because we collect stuff and feeding the addictions, where we kind of take the time to find out what stuff we've gotten since the last time we were on the show. Any acquisitions, pre-orders, um, shoplifted items? This is where we talk about them. <laughs> so um, we'll start with Ben. Ben, what have you picked up over the last few weeks? I received my next instalment of the Maddie Infernal Crisis uh, subscription figure. Uh, and that is the Red Hood. And, uh, yeah, what a yawner that one is. <laughs> it has to be easily the most unexciting figure of the the subscription so far. I mean, for a line that theoretically was meant to focus on collector characters, particularly classic ones, um, wow, what a fail. We get a, a version... <laughs> of a character who appeared in that costume about four times. Um, if, if that doesn't say that, that you know, that Maddie are, are somehow in bed with Jeff Johns and the, the gang, I don't don't know what, what does. I mean, it's just, uh, anyway, doesn't deserve any more discussion. Um, I got very enthusiastic um, after Despicable Me 2 and I went out and picked up um, several of the action figures. Uh, I got the, the sort of the six-inch scale Gru figure, but... Um, the minions that come in that same wave of figures are, are really ridiculously oversized. They're not even compatible. But there's another series of figures where the, the minions are only about two inches tall, about five centimetres tall. And, um, yeah, I've been collecting those, so I've picked up uh, most of them now. And um, I think I've got a pretty good bead on a couple of the missing ones, thanks to some people off the forum, who I shall probably mention when they turn up. But, yeah, really enjoying those figures. And that's it for me. Well, Justin, what have you uh, managed to acquire over the last? I also got the uh, the Red Hood figure, but I bought one on purpose. Would you believe, Ben? Uh... <laughs> with a buy it now price of six dollars oh, with free man. postage. That's yeah. So I bought him for a background figure to put on the the Batman shelf. If anything, over the years he'll become an oddity or a curio. So to see him in the background, I sort of look over and go, hmm, okay, he's there. <laughs> I'm just pissed off that you got yours so cheap. Mm. Jeez, what a sucker. It's, 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 uh, it, yeah, it's a figure. <laughs> I mean, it's reasonably well executed. I mean, I, it's, you know, it, you can see where they've cut corners because he's, he's supposed to be wearing these sort of thigh-high boots and they're not sculpted at all. They're just sort of... You know, they've just painted it black and he's supposed to come with two Desert Eagle pistols and he's come with two Glock pistols instead. But 
Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm not talking about mm. it. <laughs> Budget cuts. Budget cuts. Yeah. Uh, I also picked up some minifigures from Wave 10. It's still trickling in. Uh, I got the Bumblebee lady, so quite <laughs> happy about that. I thought maybe this may be the only uh, wave where I don't pick up uh, one of the figures, but I, through persistence, I actually got her. <laughs> uh, and in Australia, in the recent weeks, we've had huge uh, department store Christmas lay-by sales. I think that's correct. That now, if you put on a put on items on lay-by, they go through to Christmas, so you have all that time to pay them off. Yeah. And the only reason this is really worth speaking about is because we actually got six-inch action figures in Australia. We got uh, Waves, was it one or two or two or three of, uh, no, Waves one or two from Marvel Legends. And we got, yeah, uh, yeah. and we got the Iron Man's, uh, Le- the Iron, sorry, Iron Man Legends figures as well, the the two that make the, um, oh, what's his name? The BF, the Iron Munger as well. Iron Munger. So yeah. I picked up. Yeah, the last three from that set and probably going to have a half-finished Iron Munger for the rest of my life because I haven't been able to get back to Target (laughs) recently. I mean, this is the first time Iron Man... uh, This is the first time Target in Australia has ever had Marvel Legends figures, to my knowledge. Yes, indeed. 22 waves too late, but... (laughs) What have you done for me lately, Target? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's it. I I got some uh, Lego minifigures too. I uh, cool. Was at a Walmart and they had a whole like corner display and um, Mrs. Nerd kind of started making a face at me as I was going through them. She goes, "You're not going to go through them all, are you?" And um, so I stopped. I know that face. <laughs> and I, I picked out one at random, and it was July 3rd, and I happened to get George Washington, which was, you know, kind of appropriate with the holiday. Cool. And then I I had to go back to that side of Walmart, and I, I picked up two, and I said, I'm going to try two more. And I had one I couldn't figure out what it was, and it happened to be Medusa, which was the one I was looking for. So um, I got ended up getting Medusa and George Washington. Nice. And the Medusa is very cool. Is very, he, very cool. Is he actually billed as George Washington? I don't think so, um, but there's not really any doubt. I don't think that yeah. that's who it is. I mean, in Lego, you know, he's as he's as much George Washington as any other Lego figure is what they say it is. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Just, yeah, just just not enough to actually pay any kind of licensing or recognition rights or something. Well, you know, the the licensing rights for George Washington are pretty pretty salty. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyway, I also uh, picked up a Miko this week. Um, I don't know if it's recent talk or what it is, but I've been I've been looking for a while, and um, I finally picked up a, a Doctor Zayas. Hoorah! So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he was complete with boots. He has boots, although um, once I got him and I kind of started looking, I think they're reproduction boots. Oh well, that doesn't matter. At least he's complete. Yeah, I, I don't think the outfit's reproduction. I only think it's the um, the boots. They're kind of shiny, but they're they're the cool boots that have like the the ape you know graphics kind of on the side, the the hieroglyphs. So oh, I'd rather have those. Yeah, I'd rather have those anyway. So yeah, um, so I added Doctor's AS to my collection. Oh, um, 
it was cool. I, there was some eBay drama, but uh, I missed the first one I was bidding on, and um, I managed to get another one for less than I bid on the first one totally shipped, so I was really happy with that. Very good. Anybody else have anything they bought this week? That... Nah. Yeah? Uh, All right. That's about it. All right. Well, if that's all there is, we're going to move on to Red Carded because that's one of everybody's favorite segments. What is this, Bizarro World? Red Carded is our chance to kind of poke fun or just highlight some of the spectacular fails and WTF moments in our hobby, um, whether they're just unusual announcements or action figures that just don't make the grade or, you know, toy companies that maybe do something a little suspicious. And this week, handing out the penalty is Ben. So over to you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you very much. This one, uh, we actually had something else lined up for Red Carter this week when I just happened to be strolling through MarvelousNews.com. Always a good uh, site to check out the latest Marvel news, oddly enough. Um, when uh, I happened to see a review of the new Marvel Legends Wrecker figure, and I was having a look, and at first, you know, I thought, oh, that looks great. It's a great, great-looking sculpt. He, he's angry, and the, uh, the lines in his mask are, are sculpted. The, the, you know, the crowbar looks like it's you know, somewhat weathered. Um, yep, that's great. But then, as I was watching the video, I also scrolled down the page, and there's some photos that the reviewer, um, Solid Snake in My Pants, as he's known, um, has uh, yeah has, has done some comparatives in some comparison shots. And ah, oh, honestly, I just. Um, you know, the Wrecker is one of my favourite Marvel villains. Um, you know, I can remember him taking on the Avengers and Thor, and, you know, I love the Wrecking Crew. Um, when I started customising action figures, the Wrecking Crew was one of the first um, teams I had a go at. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I have actually customised three out of the four members of the Wrecking Crew, um, and the Wrecker is the only person I, I hadn't done. Um, and when the, the Marvel Legends Wrecking Crew figures came out, the Thunderball and Piledriver, you know, while I enjoyed the figures for what they were, like they were sort of well sculpted on, on the particular buck, um, they were just too big uh, for what I wanted. I'm, I'm a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a scale Nazi. Um, you know, I, I do like when figures are actually in proportion with each other, and the Wrecking Crew guys just simply aren't that big, and so I, I was a bit disappointed, and I quite like the customs that I did. I used the DC Universe Classics buck, and I think they fit in quite well. So, um, you know, I was quite interested to, to see how the Wrecker was going to come out, since he's the only one of the crew that I, I hadn't done, and this comparison photo just... I just didn't know what to say. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, at first glance, the wrecker is spot on. This is a, a first appearance wrecker, so he has the, the slip-on boots. He has the um, the comic accurate um, purple gloves. Uh, a lot of people think that he wears a jacket that actually comes out under his belt. That's actually not the case with the classic wrecker. So he, you know, he looks the goods until you actually see the scale. And this figure is nothing short of gigantic. Um, you know, Marvel Legends are supposed to be one twelfth scale, so they're in the six inch scale, and and uh, this guy's in like one tenth scale. He's he's absolutely gigantic. Um, I mean, he must come in close to, 
he must be just under eight inches tall. He's absolutely humongous. There's a comparison shot of the Wrecker with the um, the recently released Ultimate Cap figure, uh, and the top of Cap's head doesn't actually barely even meets the the shoulder of the Wrecker. The Wrecker is a good, I'd say, inch and a half taller than the Captain America figure, um, and it's. It's, it's not even just a little bit, it's just completely awkward. Um, I mean, if this person was real, he'd probably be eight feet tall, um, mm. which is completely wrong. And the reason why I'm, I'm getting so annoyed just at the choice of um, size is he's actually half a head taller than the rest of the wrecking crew. So if you actually oh. put him next to the Thunderball and pile driver figures, the top of their heads just come up to his nose. Like, he, he actually has an additional half a head in height of those figures, and you know, we've commented in the past about how oversized those two were, and this one's even bigger. Um, he's thicker in the chest as well, around the, the chest and the waist. It's almost as if the sculptors have just simply sculpted over the, you know, the abs and, and chest area of the, um, the th- you know, the buck figure that they used on Thunderball and Piledriver, and so that's added additional size. Um, and you know, I, I know there was we we poked a bit of fun, and we, you know we had some feedback in some of our earlier shows about you know being so pedantic on scale. But the, the wrecker is actually only meant to be six foot three. That's what his his biography on you know his entry in the the Marvel um, wiki says he is. He's six foot three, and to put that in comparison, Captain America is six foot two. So he should actually be just that little bit taller than Captain America, uh, and he's not. He's absolutely orders of magnitude taller than Captain America to the point where he just he looks ridiculous he's going to be one of the biggest figures in the the Marvel Legends line so far and I don't know for that reason I think he's going to get my red card of the week yeah everything you said spot on record but uh, the size this is laughable this these new Marvel Legends figures are coming out so underwhelming it's from the lack of the the paint wash, the, the cheap sort of plastic that's been used. I didn't really hit home. I heard you talk about Hyperion when it first came out until I actually had it in my hand thinking, wow, this this is just really bad. <laughs> the finishing touches to these uh, Marvel Legion figures are, are atrocious in most yeah. in most instances. And and just looking at the record there, is there any is there any uh, buck that, that actually is a pre existing bug? Well this is a whole brand new um, there are bits thing? and pieces that I mean they are right. from bits and bits and pieces. I think the torso is that they used on uh, Thunderball and Piledriver were new. Um, parts of the legs were used on the Hulkling figure. And, okay. Um, so you know, mostly I, I think um, I couldn't say for certain, but I'm sure if you actually looked at the boots, they're probably the boots from Crossbones or, or something like that. So I think the the torso was mainly new, but. They've obviously used the entire figure, um, the, the pile driver and Thunderball figure, and then they've just because the arms are exactly the same. So really, the only thing that's changed is um, they've sculpted over the actual torso, so he doesn't have abs because he wears that sort of loose fitting um, yeah. vest. And then they've got the belt, um, and that the heads and all new sculpt as well. So the arms and legs, okay. etc., are all existing pieces. But he's just, yeah, look, he's just ridiculously large, and it, it's just not working for me. Nah, me either. Huh. But he's got a crowbar. He does. He does. <laughs> That's his enchanted crowbar. And you know, if I could, if I could genuinely get some, um, if I could cut some of that height out, I think he'd be a fantastic figure. Mm. 
we start messing around with thighs and the rest of it's very hard. Yeah, absolutely. There's just it's a, it's not an easy one to um to cut down. You'd have to just find a, an entire lower torso and and try and replace it. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. even his head, he's gigantic. Uh, the 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 photo that we've got here of him with the um the Bucky Barnes Captain America is just laughable. Like he's uh, he's mm. a full two feet taller than uh, than poor old Bucky's cap. He's walking his son to preschool or something. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's our red card of the week. Well, that's a pretty well-deserved fail. So take that Tasbro and, you know, hang it on your wall of shame. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with our discussion topic. Duke in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! I Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet, but the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs> it's probably undeniable that Every modern toy collector probably got started, at least in some form, with Star Wars or some sort of movie-inspired action figure line. The Star Wars line is probably held up as one of the greatest lines of all time, which we'll probably get into at some time. But over the past few years, we've kind of seen a decline in movie action figures. They've went from being kids' toys to very collector-specific to lines of 10 or 12 down to one or two. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And gentlemen... Do you kind of agree with that pattern? Do you think we've seen a decline in the modern movie action figure lines? Absolutely. Uh, it was actually only sort of in the last two years or so that it really occurred to me that there were some really good films coming out and I would stop and go, oh, I actually haven't seen any action figures. Oh, I actually haven't seen much merchandise at all, in fact. And then you start sort of counting off the types of films that you would expect to get sort of reasonably extensive merchandise, and there is none. Well, I, I think you mentioned it earlier, and you may have mentioned it off air, but you kind of came out of Pacific Rim and said, wow, I'd like to go buy toys. And yeah, there's a few out there from NECA, but they're not really on the shelves, and you would kind of expect that kind of film to have a large merchandising presence, well, which it really didn't. And the thing for us is, is in Australia, NECA is notoriously absent from retail stores. If you want a NECA figure, you generally have to go to uh, a specialist comic book store. Um, some of the, the game stores tend to carry things like Gears of War. Um, but if you walked into a Toys R Us or a Target or anything like that, you might be lucky to find a, you know, a Twilight figure or a Hunger Games figure, but that's about it. So, uh, as far as the Pacific Rim figures from NECA goes, um, I'll have to put my name down at the, the local comic shop uh, to get those. And I just I, I just don't understand, unless the buzz around the film just hasn't been big enough to get companies interested, but you're talking about a film that features giant monsters that are virtually dinosaurs and giant robots, and they fight each other. I mean, if that isn't the fundamental basis for a kick-ass action figure or, or a toy line. I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, you you just kind of would expect a movie like that to have something that a kid could go into the store and buy. Here's a kaiju. Here's a here's a Jaeger. Crash them together. You you wouldn't want them to do that with a NECA figure. You don't want them to. Yeah. You know. Is there any underpinning sort of uh, reason for this? Is it because a movie like that comes out and it's the first lot of merchandise goes to video games? Is that uh, is that where the 
the merchandising dollars spent? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't profess to understand the process that companies go through to, to secure licensing rights. I mean, obviously, when a movie's being made, there's a whole department who are responsible for for getting the the name and the brand out there so that they can attract interest from companies because you know merchandising does make companies an awful lot of money you know I mean you only have to look at something like um I think the the original Tim Burton Batman film you know made half a billion dollars just on you know merchandising um products and and so whether companies are uh hesitant to, to invest in something that is not quite um, you know up there with a unknown I guess superhero um, license um, you know and, and the same thing goes I guess you then if you're a company who's going to invest in these things um, you've got to get the bricks and mortar stores interested and, and perhaps you know we've we've seen um, you know Walmarts and targets getting burnt and, and having dump bins full of sales stock. Um, and they're hesitant to, to buy figures, and that's causing the companies to, to back off a little bit as well. Well, I, I think that's a, definitely a big part of it because, uh, and it's kind of weird because you look at Iron Man 2, that brought a lot of people back into collecting, I think, you know, and into Marvel collecting in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because of the, the number of figures they had, they had something for everybody. But not long after that, you had Green Lantern come out, which should have had the same breadth and appeal and it just didn't work you know yeah and i think what hurt green lantern is the figures were basically crap um they had reduced articulation um you know and we're starting to see that more and more uh, we've seen that with the uh, the mattel um, man of steel figures um with you know restricted articulation we're only getting three and three quarter figures there's no six inch Sort of scale. Well, they've got those weird, very young kitty ones with you know four points of articulation, sort of thing. Um, but you know, I, I think I think stores have been burnt a number of times. A couple that come to mind for me um, are definitely Hulk. Uh, I can remember when the local Toys R Us had basically an entire aisle full of Hulk figures that featured things like Hulk riding a quad bike. Yes. It's like, whose genius idea was that? Really? This is the Hulk who, in the movie, he he jumps from place to place. Um, I don't actually remember seeing the Hulk zipping around on his Kawasaki quad bike. Um, And, I mean, I don't care how young you are as a a kid, you're always going to take the Hulk action figure over the Hulk riding a quad bike. Um, And so those figures clogged shelves for, you know, I don't know how long. And uh, Superman Returns, in particular... I mean, I can remember Superman Returns figures still on shelves two years later, um, and they just didn't sell. You know, I could really see that coming with with this newest Superman stuff because um, it's not moving here, no, at all, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. And those those little um, the rubber ones that fire, I have never seen any kid pick those up. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and go on. I think I it's. Very, very obvious with Man of Steel when you just look across the shelves of the three and three quarter figures, and it's effectively the same Superman figure done in about six different decals. You know, there's the regular Superman, there's the, there's the lava Superman in the red suit, and it's just the same figure repainted six different ways. Well, see, they got away with you know, it's kind of strange they got away with that with Batman when it was an animated series, but once they went to the movie series and tried that, it just didn't 
it didn't work. But I mean, even I guess going back fifteen years ago, I can remember the Batman animated figures. You know, I would actually go there, and I would have to go through pegs and pegs of, you know, Disco Glow Batman and you know Bondage Batman and and Boy Scout Sleepover Batman just, just to <laughs> find the Rachel Ghoul figure or, or you know the the one per case villain. Um, so I, I think you know a lot of it has to do with the the character selection too. I understand that Superman and Batman sell, but you know, are kids really out there buying you know, um, you know, Arctic sleep out Superman? I, I don't know if they are. I don't. I've you know, just speaking in general, I don't see kids in the action figure aisle really anymore like I used to. And I no, don't know. That's if, true. You know, the, yeah. the short, chubby, bald man scares him off, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility. But, um, you know, you don't, especially in the action figure aisle, you don't see the kids. It seems like, you know, five, ten years ago, you, whenever you were in a Toys R Us or, uh, you know, the action figure aisle at Walmart, you would see the, you know, at least a kid or two or, or, or somebody carrying something, but you just don't see that anymore. That's weird, even being uh, the father of a five-year-old boy. It, I wouldn't even think to to even buy him any merchandise from the Man of Steel or even, I guess he was a bit younger then, but Green Lantern mm. as well, or even the, the Dark Knight Returns because I, I don't think it holds his interest that much to, to play with action figures. Like he's, well, just my son in particular, he's more of an outdoorsy sort of sort of kid and I can't see him holding any interest to to those action figures. Like, if I bought something for that Man of Steel line, he'd look at it and then say, mm, okay, thanks, mm. and then be lost or forgotten. I mean, perhaps it's it's actually the movies themselves. Uh, I mean, some of them, you know, if we go back in the last couple of years, certainly back to, say, 2011, you know, go through the summer, we had movies like Rise of the Planet of the Apes and, and Conan the Barbarian, and that, it's kind of a tough one because... You know, a lot of it comes down to the rating of the film as to what age. I mean, you know, you get kids into the cinema, they see the movie, they become, um, you know, familiar with the characters, and then that's what takes their interest when they're, you know, walking with mum down the, the toy aisle. So, you know, perhaps those films, slightly more mature audiences, um, but probably, you know, not enough to get the interest of someone like Necker. Um, but, you know, I can remember the very first X-Men film when it came out, there was a six-inch line. There was all kinds of figures. It was, you know, reasonably big. But then uh, X-Men First Class, uh, I can't remember there being anything. There were Mini-Mates. No. That was about it. <laughs> Mini-Mates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but again, you know, Mini-Mates don't sell um, at bricks-and-mortar stores. Well, at least not the mass market ones. They, they do at comic shops, but certainly not at the, the Targets and Big Ws and stuff like that. See, we have them at Toys R Us here. Mm. And but they still don't seem to move hardly at all. I mean, yeah. they always kind of end up on clearance, so. So, you know, I mean, that was, that, that were a couple of example films from 2011, but then two that really perplexed me um, have to be The Muppets and Tintin. Yeah, for sure. From start to finish, Tintin was an action movie. I remember uh, being quite a successful movie in Australia as well, and you think the target audience being us and adult collectibles, I mean, we all read Tintin as a kid and Asterix as well for that matter, but being with the movie, I can't remember seeing anything for Tintin at all on the on the pegs. And also with the Muppets, you think for any good excuse to release those Palisades moulds again would have been fantastic to see the Muppets Absolutely. on the shelves. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, Tintin actually had quite a lot of merchandise through 
uh, comic shops there were sort of high-end uh, porcelain statues. I mean, my um, the, uh, my other comic shop had a series of um, plush toys that you, know, you could get a snowy in, in about three different scales. There was plenty of stuff out. There was just no action figures. I mean, that list that you've provided, and you've already mentioned uh, Rise of Planet of the Apes, Conan, Real Steel, you think if there's any excuse to make uh, gigantic robots, that would have been straight, very well, uh, easy to do. We actually had Real Steel figures here. They were just you know, uh. passed out. <laughs> they they all ended up on on clearance. Certainly, one of the things that has me a little curious is if you think of action figure. Long, uh, sorry, if you think of some of the movie franchises that are out there, such as um, Underworlds um, and and Men in Black. Now, something like Underworld has had, I think, you know, four or so films. So that demonstrates that it's actually got that longevity. So somebody is seeing these movies, somebody is buying the DVDs when they come out and putting enough money into it to make it successful. So I would have thought if there's that much interest to generate a franchise, there would be enough interest in perhaps buying action figures based on the characters. Um, But, you know, that's obviously not happening. You know, the one that you have there that reminded me of something was Wrath of the Titans. When when Clash of the Titans came out, you know, it was a pretty limited line. It was, you know, what, four figures, uh, Pegasus and the Kraken, and um, uh, the guys over at Underscoop Fire were talking about this recently. You know, I remember those figures, and I remember people scooping them up. Mm-hmm. As a kid, when the original Clash of the Titans came out, you would think that all those mythological things would appeal to kids, you know, and in some sort of kids line, but we, we just don't see that. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's also something to do with the the quality? I mean, we talked about the you know the the restricted articulation. We certainly don't see figures with um, you know superior paint jobs. One series that um, comes to mind for me is the most recent Pirates of the Caribbean six inch line. Um, you know, they were some seriously bad figures. They were very restricted in articulation. They were very badly painted and for me uh, I certainly didn't pick them up until I saw them on clearance at a, a discount store and I'm sure for the six inch figures I paid about four dollars each and I actually only picked them up as some um, potential custom fodder and they went straight into the the fodder bin for you know use in a, another day yeah I remember seeing those on the shelf those sort of that weird in between scale between five and six inch and they like you said crappy sort of paint as well yeah not appealing at all i think there was a there was a good showing as well they came to target and and the big the big lot uh, the big chain stores as well but they sort of just sat there well you know I, I don't know the quality if if i mean look back at star wars you, your original star wars figures they weren't spectacular but I, I just really think it's kids don't play with action figures anymore you know they'd rather have the legos they'd rather have the video games and and because of that you know they're not they're not selling the way they used to. Mm. But the kids would rather have something they can interact with. Yeah. I think what's disappointing, though, is, is when some films don't seem to generate any merchandising. I mean, you know, it, it's certainly considered a, a, a flop both commercially and critically, but I really enjoyed John Carter, the you know, the recent John Carter, you know, Warlord of Mars film. Uh, I thought that was great. I'd love to have action figures based on that. The, the idea of having the Martians um, 
you know, especially if they're in scale with the humans, it'd be fantastic. Well, I, I think there there is a bright spot there, and that's Despicable Me too. I mean, you know, I had talked for a long time. I think even when we talked about, you know, that movie coming out, you know, I said, oh, it'd be nice if we could get some some minion merchandise this time yeah, around. And yeah. somebody must have listened because there's more of it out there than you can shake a stick at. But yeah, yeah. if you really look, people are are talking about that and buying it, and you know, so I don't know if if that'll help. I've actually, you know, the the smaller kids stuff for Monsters University. Remember, I had posted a picture of a a display, and and I've seen kids playing with that, you know, in the store. So is is that appealing to kids? And yeah. I mean, I, I almost wonder. It's almost like kids just keep getting more and more adult. Like at an earlier age is is the problem now that that action figure age is four to six instead of you know, that eight to 10 range that, that the action figures we love fit in. <laughs> so maybe, um, you know, if, if there was sort of mass market Lone Ranger action figures, they should have a, a, a notice on them that says, you know, for ages, um, ages four to seven and 25 to 50. <laughs> well, well, even even for the Lone Ranger, I mean, when the Lego sets came out, I saw a lot of people online talking about those and, and snapping them up just because I think it's that interactive and, you know, it appealed to kids because it's cowboys. And did it really matter if it was movie accurate? Probably not to them when that came out. But then once the movie came out, would an action figure appeal to them? I don't know. Hmm. Do you think the poor showing at the box office is enough to kill a franchise? And, and the one that comes to mind here is Star Trek. Because when the J.J. Abrams film came out, the first one, um, we had action figures for those, and they were crap. They, they were badly done, um, and you know certain um, sets were never finished, etc. Uh, and they... They clogged the shelves for for you know a year uh, after that film came out, and obviously no one went near the the latest film. I don't know. You know, I really don't know what happened there. That well, I think part of it was just the film in general because you didn't really have those action set pieces. I mean, yeah, you have a bridge. Okay, so is that bridge really exciting enough to? Oh, it's a bunch of guys sitting in chairs, moving controls around on a control panel. It's not like Indiana Jones where you're, you know, chasing through a temple trying to get to the gold idol. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't really make for the most exciting play set. Um, I just, I don't know if the, the action sequences, you know, if you don't have the play sets for those or to appeal, I don't know if it'd make as much sense for Star Trek. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, um, I would have thought, you know, just sort of stepping back again to the, the whole franchise thing, you know, we, we've had four Ice Age films and, um, you know, sure, there's a few plush toys and things out there, but then there's very little of that. Yet, I would have thought Ice Age is aimed at a, a fairly young market, so I thought some sort of toys might be around, but that seems very limited as well. And I don't know if it's just because I don't go down those aisles very often or, or not. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I suppose as we get to the end of, of our discussion topics, we tend to get into the, um, the wish list part of the discussion and, and sort of, you know, what, what sort of scales and, and what kind of licenses would you have you know, been interested to um, 
pick up figures from? For me, I think the one that's still sticking out there is uh, if they can ever get through the legal wrangling of, of it as well, and I can't see it being mass-produced, I guess, but special speciality stores and the rest of it would be Blade Runner. I think that's a goldmine there to make money on action figures. If something was more seriously done for this recent Man of Steel movie, I would have picked up some figures for sure. Mm. They did a, a proper six-inch DCUC sort of uh, Zod and Man of Steel, I would have been in for sure to get those. You know, I'm I'm a three and three quarter collector just because that's most of what I have. I'd I'd love to see a, a three and three quarter line to go with Pacific Rim. Mm. You know, at least the pilots. Yeah. And I don't know how you'd make them fit in the robots. Maybe they just fit. Well, you can't really just put one in, but maybe some Shogun Warrior type Jaegers to go with them. Yeah. I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, in addition to John Carter, I mean, six inch scale. Some of the ones I think, you know, I certainly would have been interested if they have done them well are uh, things like Sucker Punch, you know, picking up all the girls, cute girls. In... But see, that, that's a rated R movie, right? Well, uh, yeah, it is, but, you know, there's you know, they've certainly done action figures of other things like that. Yeah. Uh, another one that uh, I was actually quite interested um, has got to be James Bond. Uh, it's funny that there's just so much talk when a new James Bond film comes out. They cover it on the nightly news. There's a lot of talk coming up usually about the uh, the product placement and things like that. And Bond certainly gets plenty of free PR. And so given that the franchise continues to crank out a movie every sort of, I don't know, three, four years maybe, uh, I would have thought there'd be a bit more interest in that as well. Yeah, you would think. Um, kind of on that same thing, you kind of wonder why they haven't done a Fast and Furious vehicle action figure line. Yeah, uh, they certainly... I know they, they did some of the cars, and, and really I think it was just a company um, took the opportunity to use you know an, an existing 69 Dodge Charger that they'd probably already done, but um, just paint it black and slap the Fast and Furious logo on there and... I certainly know one of my most anticipated films for this year is Riddick. I'm a big fan of Riddick in general, and I know for the first film they actually did some very, very basic action figures. I can't even remember which company brought those out, but um, I'd certainly love a Riddick figure, but I don't know just how much mileage you'd get out of that based on you know, the other characters are probably a bit one-dimensional and disposable. What am I seeing more to do with the Iron Giant as well? That was a... I think they released the the, the the biggest size one, and that was it. I think there's a four-inch one you could get, but that was a great uh, movie. You think there'd be a lot, lots more merchandise surrounding that as well? Yeah, I think that's the, the really confusing one for me, and that's got to be the animated films. Mm. I thought, given the, the animated films these days have such a wide audience appeal, it's it's not just sort of mums taking their kids during school holidays. I mean, we're talking about us and people like, um, you know, the, the podcast team, you know, we, we're very keen to see things like Despicable Me Too and, and films like that. And one that I'm a, a huge fan of has got to be um, Kung Fu Panda. Um, I'm really a big, big fan. And to actually get a, a decent set of action figures of all those characters would just be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's just not going to happen. And in 10 years' time, we'll be talking about, you know, the, the one movie that got action figures this year. Yeah, or Could saying, be, you remember know. when Toys R Us had a action figure off? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that's that's not all that far fetched because you, if you notice the stuff that sells nowadays, it's the pop vinyls, it's the little blind box figures, it's mm. the stuff that's by the cash register that's in general less than ten bucks. I think that's part of the economy driving this as well. It's just parents aren't going to pay twenty bucks for an action figure for a kid to smash up. 
they're just not. I think that's part of it. Well, gentlemen, I think we've we, we've mourned the decline of the movie action figures. Mm-hmm. So we will we will wrap this up for now. Um, as always, if you guys are out there listening and you guys have some thoughts, come on over to the FB forum or drop us a line at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. We'd like to definitely hear your thoughts on this and, you know, what are the lines that you, you think should be out there or maybe we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. You know what I'd really like is if you feel really strongly about this, leave us a voicemail or send <laughs> us an MP3 to, to the email address and, uh, so we can listen to on air. Because we never get voicemail, so I'd like to hear some voicemail. <laughs> cool. And speaking of feedback, we'll be right back with some. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeze! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. Well, before we finish up and wrap up for, for this episode, we have some feedback. As I just said, you can email us your feedback at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And if you email us or email us an MP3, you might hear it read out or you might get a chance to hear your voice right here on this very podcast. So, um, Ben, you got some feedback for us. So go ahead and let us have have our complaints or whatever it is this week. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Stacey. Um, we've got a couple of messages via Twitter from Mantis99s, and uh, Mantis says, way too many British people on the show. Sorry, Kiwis, I mean. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very nice. Well, just with that, Australians don't, don't mind being called Kiwis. We just laugh it off. But don't call a Kiwi an Australian. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. They seem to be quite angry about that. <laughs> well, if, if you think we're possibly British or Kiwis, go, go and check out Pacific Rim and, and see what an Australian really sounds like. Yeah, crikey, mate. <laughs> Struth. <laughs> All right, and uh, Mantis also says, uh, I thought it was funny to hear you guys talking about ripping actors' fake accent and finding out they were Aussies. <laughs> yes, okay, that, that one was fair. <laughs> that was pretty funny so <laughs> so it's fun uh, just one little more of uh, feedback to get through this is from uh, Twitter as well from our pal Grey Mattis Platt it says having just listened to the new ep I'd like to complain about the amount of complaining you get also the lack of engineer nerd <laughs> isn't that nice yeah see I'm loved John was so upset after his treatment by Scott that he had to have a week off to, to recover and get some therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, it's nice to know that, you know, we do get the odd um, complaint. I mean, you know, that keeps us honest. So, uh, I mean, you know, I, for one, was certainly starting to get annoyed at the amount of um, eating that Scott was doing on air. So when we actually got feedback saying that, you know, Scott, stop eating on air, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're saying what everyone else is thinking. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't bother me, you know. <laughs> I I listen to so many different podcasts that you know, it's just it's just like hearing people talk. And, you know, do what's natural. I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, gentlemen, I think with that we're all uh, all finished for this week. We are indeed. Okay. So, 
we will we will wrap up. Oh, well, I got one last thing. I want to uh, wish a happy birthday. It's actually the day we're recording to our friend Eric's from the forums. Um, happy birthday, buddy. Um, hope it's a good one. Happy birthday. And uh, enjoy it. So with that, gentlemen, we're out of here. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Con- control the pet population. <laughs> Have your pet spayed or neutered. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluescom by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Do some news, shall we? Who's talking? <laughs> Somebody's talking. Justin's going. It wasn't me. Have we lost Justin? He was afraid of spoilers, maybe. Okay. Ready or whenever you are. All right, uh, seventy-three weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. You have to be a little clearer than that. Yeah. If you want, that's our, my old. That's my old man read through. I was gonna say, if you want our audience to actually understand it. Sadly, there's probably some of our audience that can understand that. <laughs> Scott's parents. <laughs> Network. Network.